0: The L.A. Clippers seem to be entering the fourth straight season with Ty Lue as their head coach. And Ty Lue was the most recent guest on Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, former Clippers. Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson's podcast, All the Smoke, where he talked about the Clippers past and present, including the seriousness of the team and more details on last season's team. And we're going to be talking about that on today's Locked On Clippers. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Vaziri, born and raised in LA and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan this fall. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports, NBA, and NBA history content. And Locked On Clippers is free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including YouTube, where I want you to let me know what you think of Ty Lue's thoughts and comments on all the smoke, starting with the seriousness that he said the team has to approach this regular season with. Not the first time we've heard that. And some more details about last year's team, including Russell Westbrook and what his impact to the squad did. And then some Lob City stuff and some more personal stuff about Ty Lue that I found interesting. So let's get right into it. The seriousness. I've labeled as the first segment because Ty Lue said he was talking to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and said that this upcoming season, we got to take the regular season more seriously. I know it's all about the playoffs, getting healthy for the playoffs, but again, who's beaten this dead horse all season? Your boy, yours truly right here on locked on Clippers. I mean, I'm not saying I'm right about everything. I'm wrong all the time. I was wrong about Westbrook's addition to the team, as everyone remembers. But one thing I've said since day one is the one thing the Clippers have never had is a top two finish. We've only once been the third seed and that was in 2014. And 15 actually were the third seed as well. You might be thinking in 2020, we were the two seed. Well, we didn't really reap the benefits of it. So it doesn't really count. In the end, the whole reason I say that is not just for the regular season results. It's to have home court in the second round, which I always felt was one thing that was holding us back from breaking that second round curse before we did it is, man, if we had a game seven in the second round in front of a raucous Staples Center crowd, we would get the job done. But we never really got that. And we still haven't gotten that. So I think we need to come out with a let's be the number one seed. Now, granted, injuries, load management, these things are going to occur with Paul George and Kawhi. But if we just go out with the mentality of going for wins, like you can't put players on a minutes restriction, then they pass their minutes restriction, and then you pull them out in overtime so it doesn't get worse. You've already gone over the threshold. Like you're just losing games at this point. It's not a guarantee that player is going to get hurt. It's not a guarantee. And you know what? It's it's not a guarantee either that they're not going to get hurt if they're fully healthy because that's what happens in contact sports. Sometimes you get hurt. Okay, I get it. I'm not a doctor. The probability, all this stuff I've heard over and over. How is this helping the Clippers win games? They still got injured in the end. So in terms of the seriousness, him to say that is a great sign, right? Lawrence Frank already said it, and I talked about that on an episode of Locked on Clippers. Now Ty Lu' saying that he's telling Paul George and Kawhi that, and they were accepting of that. Look, Kawhi Leonard is the one that basically, in, after a game, said, the regular season doesn't really matter to me. It's all about the playoffs. Here's why that's an issue. It's not an issue for him individually. We know he's going to show up if he's healthy. The problem is it's not just Kawhi Leonard. It's everyone else. And just because it happened one time in Toronto that Pascal Siakam had a great postseason. And, you know, Marcus saw like, he had been there, done that. Like, that's a high IQ player. Serge Ibaka coming off the bench. That was a good team. And Fred Van Vliet, like, he was just ready for the moment. Like, you can't say anything else about that. Kyle Lowry had his ups and downs. He still did the intangible things that helped the Raptors win basketball games, but like, I just don't think that team that won also with KD and clay injured. I don't like mentioning that. Cause I think it takes away from Toronto and Kawhi and everybody that was involved in, in that run. Cause I think winning championships are very hard and they're not the first team that's played an injured squad in the finals, but they were still playing a very good team that had Steph Curry on it for six games and clay Thompson on it for five games. So it wasn't like they were playing nobody. It wasn't like they were playing a team as depleted as the 2015 Cavs were in the finals that Ty Lue would take over the next year. And by the way, that podcast was really, really good with Ty Lue on all the smoke. You guys got to check it out after Locked On Clippers and Locked On NBA. But you got to, yeah, you got to tap in with podcast P, all those as well. You know, the fact that our second best player is doing a podcast every week—forget the guests he's bringing on—we're getting to find out more about one of our best players. That's always great. You want it? Like, isn't that what we want as fans? Of course, we want them to play on the basketball court, the best number one, but it's always great to see that as well. We love to get to know our players. At least I do. So as far as the Kawhi Leonard and Paul George thing, just because Kawhi Leonard is guaranteed to go off in the postseason doesn't mean everyone else is. You want the whole team to be rolling on all cylinders. And it's very hard, one, when your two best players are frequently unavailable. And secondly, when you have that attitude and it's not just Kawhi, it's top to bottom. And here's the thing about Kawhi. I rarely question his effort in the regular season or when he's playing, period. I rarely question his effort. So when Kawhi Leonard does play, he holds his own and and then some. So my criticism is almost never basketball-related with Kawhi. I love watching Kawhi Leonard hoop. Like, I love it. But it's just about the mentality from top to bottom, and, and all great teams and players have said it in the past, it always starts with your best player. And by the way, Ty Lue is not exempt. You might be thinking... Are you seriously going to blame the star players more than Ty Lue? Absolutely not. That's ironic coming from him. I hope he's listening to his own advice because the amount of games that Ty Lue messed with and just after the game said, we're tinkering and, you know, we're still figuring things out. No, there's no time for that. When Denver's out there taking it seriously, like, here's the thing. You can tinker in all this, right? If you had Kawhi and Paul George for 75 plus games, then you can tinker. But when you have guaranteed games that they're not going to play just off precaution, and the injuries that they're going to sustain it throughout the course of a regular season, hopefully none serious. Then that means when they play, every game is like a must win game. And that's just not how basketball works. That's not a formula to win a championship. So a lot of the Harden pro Harden people are going to be saying, that's why we want Harden to make up for that loss. Here's my problem. That sounds fantastic. Okay. We'll have a better regular season if we have Harden. My thing is with this Clipper team is I really think if we're healthy, we got a chance to win it all, to really go all the way with the only team being Denver that really has shown they're a huge matchup problem for us. Everyone else with a healthy Kawhi, I'm taking my chances. We have a good supporting cast. We haven't seen Paul, George, Kawhi, and Tyloo finish a playoff run healthy together. So I really do believe in this team, if healthy throughout the course of a postseason, even if The regular season doesn't go great. I still would take my chances. And judging by the way this past postseason went, I will double down on that statement. But with Harden, it doesn't make me feel more confident in the postseason at all. That's the problem. Is At the end of the day, the postseason should come first in terms of when you build your team. you got to worry about the postseason. If you're really trying to build a championship contender, and you think you have a championship contender that particular season, your first thing... you're thinking about is going to be who are guys that can play in playoff basketball, not regular season. We're thinking about it because we think we have a team that can, when they're at the, in the playoffs healthy with a good enough seed, they can do it, but it's that regular season part we're lacking. The thing is James Harden is still a star. And if we have him for a regular season, he's going to be great in the regular season. And then you have, you know, four guys that have egos, you know what I'm saying? Four guys that want the ball to a degree. I mean, to a large degree, if we're being real, so that that's where my issue happens. And look, okay. James Harden comes to the team. How many games do all four play together in the regular season? Like 40 or less. I'd be, I'd be lucky to play 40. So that's my thing. It's just like, that's still not a formula to win a championship. As opposed to Murray and Jokic who have played for years together. Like I'm not about it, but it, I'm not here to talk about Harden. The point is Tyloo with his seriousness comment. You know what's not serious? Playing Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris so much more than players that deserve to be playing more and they're better defenders than them when clearly our defense wasn't great. That's not serious. Playing Marcus Morris to the point where he's getting abused online because it's so clearly obvious he shouldn't be playing. That's not serious. I get it. There's more things that happen behind the scenes. I get it. You know, Marcus Morris's personal relationship with Ty Lue. But Ty Lue was brought in to be to not pick favorites and to be harsh on every player that when it needs to be done. And everybody could see it, including the front office, that had to step in at times to push him to bench his favorite players that he had built those relationships with. And I love that Ty Lue seems like a great player's coach. They used to say that about Glenn Rivers, but I really believe it with Ty Lue. It seems like everybody here seems to say great things about him. That wasn't the case with Glenn. We saw that CP3 and him were at big-time odds when they left. Glenn Big Baby Davis didn't care for him at the end. There was another one as well. It It can't be Austin Rivers, of course. There was another guy, Josh Smith. We had him briefly, and he had his words to say about Glenn. So Ty Lu, I really think he's a good players coach. But at the end of the day, what's most important is the Clippers winning basketball games. And Terrence Mann, with the way he was used this season, that wasn't serious. And again, when you come out after the game and say we're just tinkering, it's not a big deal, and you downplay the importance of wins here and do the kind of minutes restriction, thing, you know, the medical staff too, pulling Kawhi out in the middle of a game without warning. How is that serious? And that doesn't go – that's not Ty Lu. He was pissed. He clearly was pissed about the fact that he didn't know that his star player was going to come out in the middle of a game. But anyway, the point is, Ty Lue says, just like Lawrence Frank said, that we're going to try to take the regular season more seriously, almost as if they've been listening to Locked On Clippers. So, hey, you know, I'm not disappointed to hear that. But coming up, going to be talking more about what Ty Lue said about last year's team, including picking up Russ. And it was some good stuff. Going to be talking about that. Coming up, I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about what Tyloo said about last year's team. The load management stuff, I want to address that because he started with that. He was saying people out there, they really think Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are load managing in the playoffs. I don't think anybody in their right mind suggested that except for guys that really hate Kawhi Leonard personally or the Clippers personally. No real logical Clipper fan thought that Kawhi Leonard was load managing in the playoffs or that they were load managing him in the playoffs. Like the, the whole justification as Ty Tyloo said for load management is for them to be healthy in the playoffs. So even if they're not hundred percent, that's when you risk it for the biscuit is the playoffs. And granted they don't take the same risks in the playoffs as stars in the past used to, but that's honestly not the worst thing in the world because there were just times like in the 7 I'm talking way back even, even in, with Brandon Roy and like Tracy McGrady, they were over the, they, they went too far. They went too far, and their careers were really hampered as a result. Guys like, and if you go further back, obviously, like 70s and 80s, like Willis Reed, Gus Johnson, these guys in the late 60s, early 70s, that had to get a huge knee put through their knee. Oh, my God. Sounds terrible. I can't even imagine. So I don't want them risking their entire careers for one playoff run. It's not like that. But I never was suggesting, and I don't think any Clipper fans are suggesting that they were load managing in the playoffs. Our whole frustration is, If you're load managing in the regular season, only for them to still get hurt, like we might as well let them get, if they're going to get hurt either way, the point is we might as well just let them play to try to win every game we can. And then if it happens, it happens in sports like it used to be. Because there's only one winner at the end of the day. And every team gets battered up throughout the regular season. With Kawhi's injury, I'm understand. i okay with, like, I knew what we were signing up for when we got Kawhi Leonard. And the Clippers did as well with the he's going to sit out back-to-backs thing. I have no issue with that. There's no back-to-backs in the playoffs. But when it's games that he's missing because it's, you know, five games in nine nights or, you know, a, a stretch of games where it's been a hectic schedule with a lot of travel, but it's not a back-to-back and they're still sitting him, that, that's just like at that point those games are adding up. How about a game against the Dallas – talk about the seriousness comment. How about a game against the Denver Nuggets where we're getting blown out and Tyloo and Paul – uh pulled all the starters – and then the next night, we don't even get Kawhi Leonard playing at all against Minnesota. When I sh- I'm i sure he would have been down to play, especially if are getting blown out like that. The competitor in him, I think, would have wanted to hoop. But no, the medical staff holds them out. I mean, there's too much. To be honest, I really don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So you you never know. It could be Kawhi's personal doctors. Like, I don't know what's going on there. But fact of the matter is, they didn't play. And that hurts our chances of winning games. So as far as that, Ty Luz justification was, It's smart, you know. We load managed them to be healthy for the playoffs. How was it smart if we just ended with that horrific season where nobody was winning at all? The players didn't win except for their salaries, and but we failed at our goal, and still got hurt. Failed at our goal in winning, and one of the ways you win is preserving your players. That's why load management was supposed to be introduced to the game, and it didn't actually happen. And the fans are all disappointed as well. So. We failed entirely last season. Last season was one of the most disappointing seasons in the history of the Clippers. I put it number one. So, And load management was a part of that, in my opinion. I know this is a very controversial topic, right? But the fact is they weren't healthy in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying, is the fact that they weren't healthy and we took steps to get them healthy or preserve their health, and things just happened because that's how basketball works. Things just happened. I think it's more about preserving, you know, like, for example, if pgs had hamstring issues and whatnot like i think load managing and not making him overwork it occasionally giving him that rest will help players last longer especially with the modern technology and surgeries than players of the past and i think you're starting to see those star players primes be really extended the amount of players that we're going to have playing really at a high level at 33 and older is only going to increase in my opinion paul george like, say what you want about all the injuries he's been through. He's going on 34, and he's still jumping as well as some 25-year-olds. Like, Paul George still looks insane when you watch him play live. Kevin Durant came back from an Achilles tear, and is still one of the best players in the world. Zach Levine, okay, he's, he's had real knee issues, especially after he, I think he tore his ACL way back in the early days with the Bulls. And, I mean, you put Zach Levine out there on a fast break, he's still getting up there. So it's totally different than it used to be. And I think load management will help them long-term But if I'm looking at it from a team fan perspective, it's not necessarily preventing them from getting hurt in that particular season. So I think if you want to talk about seriousness and load management and all that, we got to cut down on the extremity of it next season, point blank. They got to play. They got to try to, it can't be when you're only when you're 90% or more you play or hundred percent, you play. That's just not how the NBA works. That's just not how the NBA winning championships has worked in the past. And I guarantee you, Denver wasn't hundred percent every game either, but Let's talk with the stop with the loan management, right? That was just one part. I want to get to some positive things he said. So he said he loves Russ. He said instantly he loves Russ. So that's great to hear. I think Tyloo has always wanted a point guard, and we know that from all the point guards we've attempted to bring in. But there was obviously some skepticism with the front office that we had heard. Honestly, that Lawrence Frank made very clear to everybody with the way he described the ideal point guard that he was looking for in the market, and Westbrook absolutely did not check off the boxes. And we know that it was a it was a you know back and forth. And Lawrence Frank, when he spoke about Russ, even when he spoke positively about him, said this was really Ty Kawhi, and Paul George that pushed this. And Ty Lue says he loves Russ, and he emphasized that he plays hard every night and plays every night, and he mentioned that with emphasis. So he clearly respects the ability of Russell Westbrook to be available and be available consistently. So he also went as far as to say he saved us. You know, he saved us. So those are big words, whether you believe it or not. He says he wants to win, and that was great to hear um, from from Ty Lue to talk about Westbrook in that respect. But coming up, going to be talking about some extra things Ty Lue said about his personal upbringing his coaching styles things that he notices and some very juicy stuff not really actually but some doubling down on some things about Lob City that we heard from other people that were involved with the team going to be talking about that coming up all right let's get right into it so one thing I found really interesting that Ty says said Was that some coaches in the league are scared to make adjustments because they're worried about what the media, you know, and stuff will say? People will critique their decisions, and that's one thing I will say about Ty. He doesn't seem to care about what we think, and that's good. That is good. He just does whatever you know he feels is feels is right, even if it means Marcus Morris going down with the ship. I respect that from him. You know, I respect that that he thinks he knows what's best. He should feel that way. He's the head coach of our team. So, you know, I will say this. I, my reasoning for not wanting Ty Lue back this season was because it seems like he has an offense first lens, even though he was a good defensive player, which is interesting, but an offense first lens in the way he coaches and the, his priorities prioritization of who plays more and stuff like that is lineup optimization, whatever you want to call it. And that was my disagreement with him is that I just view the game from a defense first lens. But Do I think Tyler is not a very good coach? Of course, I still think he's a good coach. He had a bad season. Coach is going to have bad seasons too, but he's a good coach. And I think he seems like a – I've never met him, but from everybody that I've talked to that has met him, he seems like a great guy. You know, Even the people that I've talked to that just met him on the street all say he's a nice guy. So this this interview or this pod only made me like him more. So that's why I really encourage everyone to check it out. But – I'm not surprised that coaches are some coaches are scared to make adjustments and to do certain things, but it was cool hearing from another coach's mouth. He also said that his favorite coaches to coach against were Brad Stevens, Eric Spolstra, and Steve Kerr. I thought that was cool to hear, but one thing they t- asked him about was the Intuit Dome. And I, he said it symbolizes growth for the Clippers organization. And I love that. I you know love to hear that. Whether Ty Lue will be coaching in the Intuit Dome remains to be seen. His contract is up after the season. I think there's a team. Yeah. I think he has an, I don't know. I don't remember if it's a team option or his individual option, but they talked. Oh, so funny. Steven Jackson made a reference to the toilets and he used a, a bad word to describe it. It was really funny. And Tyler was like, yeah, the justifying it. He was like, yeah, his whole thought process is, you know, you don't want people waiting in lines, you know, it was just so funny to hear him talk about it like that. It's just, the whole propaganda, not propaganda, the whole hyping up the Intuit Dome as as we should be doing is just hilarious. Even going to the bathrooms. And speaking of Balmer, one thing I really liked that he said was that he's enjoyed working with Balmer and that it taught him, he's teaching him more about the business side of life. And, you know, it's cool to see an authority figure in our team like Ty Lu, who's teaching people being taught. And I just think that's awesome to hear. Um, as far as some individual things, I thought it was really interesting. I didn't know that his dad was, you know, addicted to crack. He said, Ty Lu said he was on crack the majority of his life and got out of prison in 2003, but he's been clean for 23 years. So Mr. Lou Bravo, we applaud you here. That's awesome. And he says now they have a great relationship. So that was really heartwarming, especially when we heard that Ty Lu lost a lot of people in his life this past season to hear that kind of good ending to his relationship with his father in the, in the episode was, was really heartwarming. Uh, and then being coached by Phil, one thing that I really like, and I think we've noticed this from Ty Lue already, is stars being held accountable first. He said that in film sessions, he would start up by criticizing Shaq and Kobe first before anybody else. And we've seen the one thing we noticed about Ty relative to Glenn, he would pull, he's been very, very clear with the fact that he's not afraid to pull Paul George and Kawhi Leonard out of a game when our team is getting crushed. Because oftentimes when our team is getting crushed, our two stars are not playing with that same effort and intensity that you expect from your stars and that you expect from a Kawhi Leonard and a Paul George. And like that game against Denver, it wasn't as low effort as you might think, but it wasn't like they were playing at their hardest or it didn't look like it. At least it was a, they were, it was ridiculous. There was no emotional response either. And that's one thing I know they love about having Westbrook is that, you know, he's going to at least yell or do something about it. Like from a vi- something that we can see, you know? So that's a, that's a, a great thing about having Russ. But we've seen that Ty has a little bit of fill in him in that sense that he's not afraid to police our star players. And he said he shared a great story about LeBron in Game 7 and the fact that he was like, LeBron, you're not doing enough. Game 7 of the finals, 2016 against Golden State, you're not doing enough. And LeBron threw a temper tantrum, and then he went out and got mad and did, you know, the rest is history. So – I love that Ty Lue holds his star players accountable, but one thing that we just didn't see enough of last season that we cannot going back to the whole theme of this episode, the seriousness, you can't be saying that. And then you're like not holding Marcus Morris accountable or Reggie Jackson. Like, I refuse to believe that he just thinks that's best for the team. I, I really think Ty Lue's a smart basketball mind and he's just giving him a chance. But at the end of the day, you can't be so lenient sometimes. We the reason why he's being lenient is because he thinks he has games that he can play with. If, if it was the playoffs, is he starting those guys? I don't know. But anyway, that's it for me in this one. Let me know what you thought of it. Let me know what you think of the things Tylu said. I encourage you to go watch the episode after Locked On NBA. If you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more LA Clipper, LA Sports, and NBA history content. And you got to hit the subscribe button and the notification bell on Locked On Clippers so you know every single time we post an episode. The age old proverb continues. Go Clippers.